And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR20 because when you do that, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. On this episode, we get to talk about a couple of fun, classic old Rockies pitchers, Armando Reynoso and Jolie Chassin, and we'll watch them go head-to-head in a little bit of a sim here with our Stars team. But Patrick, first, we have to do something we almost never do on this, pat- uh, on, on this podcast, and that is begin by showering a great deal of love, and nothing but a great deal of love, on a Dodger. Tommy Lasorda. Now, to, to give you an idea of the impact Tommy Lasorda had or how big of a name Tommy Lasorda is, my best friend, who had never gone to a baseball game in his life, was, was a pro wrestling manager, who coincidentally, the game that we went to, Dodgers and Phillies at Veterans Stadium, Ricky Morton showed up and jobbed out the Philly Fanatic. Like, of all of the days. <laughs> of, of all the things. I'm like, Jesse, this never happened. I've never seen a wrestler at, at, at a baseball game. This is crazy. But we go and we sneak down. We sit low. It's at Veteran Stadium. There's nobody there, even for the Dodgers at the time. This is the late 90s, about maybe even the year 2000. Yeah. And we're sitting there. And then uh, the GM at the time, uh, might have been Kevin Malone, uh, just before our buddy Dan Evans took over as the job. So it would have been 99. Right. Time of the walks by. And Jesse, who, again, you know, he knows baseball from Homer at the Bat from The Simpsons, he goes, Hey, Tommy Lasorda. And I'm like, How do you know Tommy Lasorda? He knew Tommy Lasorda, Barry Bonds, and that was about it at that time. Right. And that was kind of the, the, the legend, I guess, that Tommy Lasorda was from, from those championship teams and, and, and the 88 World Series that he had won with the Dodgers. Yeah, I have uh, an interestingly similar story from just a couple of days ago because I think I've mentioned before uh, on this podcast about how my girlfriend Caitlin has a unique relationship with knowing baseball. And I, the <laughs> analogy I always use is that like she knows who Raimel Tapia is and has no idea who Paul Goldschmidt is, right? So it's That's like so beautiful, That's right? So beautiful. Really watch the games. She's not into it. Go ahead. No, you're good. Good. Uh, your mic, say, your mic had not unmuted itself. There, we're good. Oh, okay, gotcha. There's a lag. Um, but you know, she she really doesn't know other than the big gigantic names in in the history of baseball. And you know, she came home from work the other day, and we were just talking as people do at the end of the day. And I said, you know, did you hear Tommy Lasorda died? And she said, 
that's the uh, that's the Dodgers guy, right? And this just great big smile came across my face because it's like, if and and it's not like I I knew the man personally, you know, we all, we we know him through his work and through colleagues of ours who did know him personally, but it's like you would have to imagine if any one sentence from someone who really didn't know him well, who knew of him, how how will people who knew of you describe you? As the Dodgers manager, we might go, "Oh, he was the Dodgers manager from X to Y and he did X and he's the guy who did this thing." And she went, "That's the Dodgers guy." Right? And that's the correct answer to that question. He was the Dodgers guy. Uh, I don't think he would be want, want to be known any other way. And he was, you know, such a Dodgers guy, not a Los Angeles Dodgers guy, but such a Dodgers guy that he was actually one of, I believe, uh, 15 still living Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, that That's how few there are left since that 1957 season when they moved to Los Angeles. The only other kind of notable names, uh, obviously Sandy Koufax being a pretty big one. It's and <laughs> yeah, and, and the only other name that would ring a bell to, uh, I guess, Rockies fans or anyone who listens to our podcast, but Roger Craig, who we learned a couple weeks ago, uh, once injured himself by cutting his hand on a bra. So... <laughs> Tommy Lasorda, hey, Sandy Koufax, and Roger what Craig. And now it's yeah, now there's 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 one less former Brooklyn Dodger. But my my I guess favorite uh Tommy Lasorda. There's there's so many, you know, great ones out there uh that you just kind of had to laugh about. Again, highly successful, you know, even <laughs> even heard someone suggest it would be fitting for, you know, umpires to go and you know, when Tommy Lasorda gets buried for them to kick the dirt into his grave kind of right. in a reverse way, which would be beautiful. Like I don't, Wouldn't it? of course it's funny, but I don't find that to be, to me, I don't find that disrespectful. I think they say, Hey, this is a baseball man. Like, again, if you were, if right. I were ever a manager and that was kind of part of my reputation, I would be like, Oh my God, I'd be honored. How many other people would have such a thing done at their passing? You know what I mean? That's so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, all, all of the interactions he had with umpires, like like I said, it's too bad that we can't show a bunch of highlights or, or the clips of uh, some of those interactions. The other thing that uh, the last thing I wanted to point out before we move into our Rockies talk for the day, because um, we talk about this. Uh, this is one of my favorite things is unbreakable sports stats that nobody talks about. Right. So if you mm. want to impress people at the water cooler, right, if you want to show up at work and people like what's the most unbreakable stat in the history of sports and someone's like pitcher wins you're like Psh. it's like i think uh and isn't nba assists like way out there i think that's one that's pretty Stockton, far maybe he could think, be up there i think that's right uh you know or or cal ripkin's consecutive games you're like yeah okay yeah. sure of course no one's ever going to score 100 points in a basketball game like wilt chamberlain did you know stuff like that um there was an old era where managers did and even beat this but and in a way, this is a great thing for Tommy Lasorda's legacy, too. He's the last manager who will ever accomplish this, Patrick. He managed the Dodgers from 1976 to 1996, 20 consecutive seasons of managing the same team. We'll probably never see that again. That's Yeah, that's incredibly hard. I mean... There are there aren't GMs. We, we, yeah, again, with the way the game is played today's day and age, it just it just doesn't happen where you can be that successful. I mean, even think about Terry Francona. Francona would have been a guy that they would have loved to have kept around in Boston, but they're like, ah, 
we kind of need to change the culture with the whole chicken and uh, fried chicken and beer scenario that that happened and he immediately found a job in cleveland and and he's a guy that you could see in cleveland for a very very long time but for 21 seasons that could be you know incredibly incredibly hard my final uh, lasorda story was uh once tommy lasorda because he's he's a lifer like tony larusa tony larusa retired hall of fame and then goes i'm coming back in baby Right. I used to get those guys confused when I was a kid because Tommy Larosa, Tony, La- Tony Larosa, Tommy Lasorda, Larosa, Lasorda. Yeah. I'm having the same issue now. Like yeah. in my head, where I'm going, Tony Lasorda. No, no, you know, come on, <laughs> Tommy Larosa. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but th- these baseball lifers, which you know, there's a negative side to it. If you're too much of a lifer, baseball lifer. Well, what about your personal life and your family life, which is a whole other story. But uh, Tommy Lasorda's wife said to him, Tommy. You know, you love baseball more than you love me. To which Tommy said, "But I love you more than football and hockey and basketball." And I think that's kind of a perfect response. And like, ah, you know what? You, you can't work all. <laughs> so, so on this day, we toast our our Breck brews. Got the Hot Peak IPA for me. We toast them to Tommy Lasorda. And begrudgingly to the Dodger family, but still to the Dodger family for one of the game's greats and, uh, you know, for allowing us the entertainment value of uh, still having videotape. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube or, or wherever. Find yourself some Tommy Lasorda stuff and, and enjoy yourself. Uh, it'll be a treat. So toast your Breck brew on this day. Do them. Get it down at the King Supers or like a liquor store, I assume, presumably. They got them there. DMVR Bar has been uh, open and closed. Double check with us. If you're one of the best ways to know for sure is if you're subscribed to the DNVR.com, you get in the Discord. We can keep you with the live updates. We should, I think, be open for the rest of the week. Limited capacity, though, so you got to check in on all that stuff. You can get it down there. But either way, it's damn good beer. Uh, and we do have to, we, we've got to toast it to Tommy Lasorda. If, if you hate the Philly Fanatic, go watch Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> be a jerk to the philly fanatic if you love the philly fanatic go watch tommy lasorda and philly fanatic (laughs) can't lose on that there you go there you go all right patrick uh on this day we also get to get back into something that actually there was bits of news last week so we we hadn't talked about our non-stars in a little while which is perfectly fine actually more news would be great teams doing stuff would be really cool uh but for now Never mind uh, dipping back into the history machine because we've talked about a lot. You know, uh, there's a lot of players in the history of the Colorado Rockies that kind of fall through the cracks in not just in national, of course, in the national discourse. These neither Armando Reynoso or Jolie Chassin are talked a whole lot about, uh, but really even here locally, I, I don't feel like, you know, people go, wow, man, remember the days of Armando Reynoso and and even when you drafted Chassin for your Nostars team, I remember my response being like, I wonder how the fans will react to that because yeah. he had, in my estimation, one of the biggest differences between the way fans felt about him and what the statistics say he was. And as I was looking through them today, there's a parallel that came up and it reminds me a lot of John Gray. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a that's a pretty solid comp. Yeah, it you know, the 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 topic of kind of forgotten players in Rockies history, which are are many, you know, like it I feel like there there could be, you know, this connection 
between the topic that we had on on Friday for our extended episode about like, you know, why are you a fan and what what makes a fan or why do you love the Rockies and and while sure you know nationally there's there's not many Rockies players that you know uh, a hardcore Yankees fan or Cardinals fan or even a Seattle Mariners fan could necessarily name, but that doesn't matter. Colorado, you know, Rockies fans, you have your team, you have your guys and you absolutely should, you know, have those memories and we should talk about them a lot more. We're, we're, we should be able to, to get our wish once that Rockies hall of fame opens up and, and maybe again, part of the whole, you know, being a good fan and uh, what it means to root for the Rockies. Maybe that should be one of the things that fans reach out to Dick Momford about and say, Hey, we get it. You know, you're, you might not spend millions of dollars and you might make this move. You might make that move. I might not agree, but let's just do something basic. That's for us and for the players that we grew up watching, get us a damn hall of fame, get us a legends day, bring back teams. Let's, you know, let's celebrate the 95 team more. It's fine. You know, the, the Yankees do it all the time when they have their old timers day, they try out the same group of guys and guess what? It never gets old to see no, those guys. No, no. And the Rockies obviously don't have that same history, but it's one of the reasons why they need to celebrate it just as much, if not more. And totally. so celebrating all those playoff teams, I mean, you know, uh, you, you can even, – even just the expansion team, hey, these were the first guys that introduced Major League Baseball to the entire state, to the entire region, to the entire time zone. Give those guys – their shine because they absolutely deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And two of them are, are here in this one. So Jolie Chassin taking the hill first. If you're with us on the live on the Facebook or Periscope, remember we're live at four Oh five, mostly, uh, every Monday through, uh, Friday. And then also on Wednesdays, we are live on the YouTube. So you got to check that out and make sure you're subscribed everywhere there. Got our Nostars teams that we drafted a couple of weeks ago uh, <laughs> of, of, of a, a whole list of guys, Patrick, that you could give their own wing to, at least in the Rockies Hall of Fame. That's like, dudes, you should know. <laughs> For sure. And, and, and in fact, we, we kind of buried another piece of news uh, with our guy, Jolie Chassin, on the mound. Right. He actually signed a minor league deal with the Yankees. Uh, and, and probably even better than that, he became a U.S. citizen. How beautiful is that? That's right. Really, How really cool. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, I think he, it was on Wednesday, so um, he definitely won't forget that date. In fact, <laughs> in fact I won't. In fact, a lot wow. of Rockies fans here right now will go, what, what day. day did Joey's Chassin become a U.S. citizen? And there's going to be people going, nobody knows that. And there's going to be plenty of Rockies fans that go, oh, it was January 6th. Oh, it was Just definitely January 6th. Wow. Yeah, that is that is definitely a thing that happened. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things that's interesting about both of these pitchers, Patrick, is that both of them were better as Colorado Rockies than they've been elsewhere. And, and I think this has gotten twisted uh, in Jolie Chassin a little bit. The guy's got a career 108 ERA plus, which is, uh, I mentioned John Gray earlier. John Gray's got a 107 career ERA plus. So they're, they're very, very close in that regard. But in his years with the Rockies, six years with the Rockies, mm -hmm. his ERA plus is 120. Bump it up. And Bump in all these up. other years, you know, two years with Atlanta, 76, 
two years in Milwaukee, 99. This one year in Arizona is only 26 innings. That doesn't count. Then you've got a year in San Diego uh, with a solid 108, his next best uh, tenure, if you will, with the team. And uh, he's fallen off the last couple of years and, and really hasn't been as productive, but significantly better in Colorado than he has been anywhere else. Yeah, un- unquestionable. And, and I mean, he has a sub four ERA in Colorado. Like that's just, it's unheard of. Three, seven, eight, uh, again, career ERA with the Rockies. And, you know, I understand he probably, you know, thought he could, he could have some bigger paydays, you know, going elsewhere. And he's been, you know, he's been good. He continues to get opportunities. Last year oh, was, no. was the first year he, uh, he, he ceased becoming a, a starter, you know, uh, pitching out of the pen with Atlanta, but you know, before that he was still getting regular starts, uh, with, with Milwaukee. We saw them as part of that team at 15 wins against, um, or rather with Milwaukee. Um, we got to see him a little bit back at Coors field for that NLDS series. Uh, he didn't, you know, play a part in that series, but went 15 and eight and you go, he's only 31 in, in 2018. So next year he's going to his age 33 season, which we consider, you know, to be old, but he's, he's played for 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) Unfortunately here in the Sam, he did just give up a big third deck shot to Jeff Reed and yes, will that did go uh, very far, but yeah, Shasin could have still uh, plenty of good baseball left in him or he could be close to done. We really don't know. He's been up and down throughout his career. One of the things that both of these pitchers again, Shasin and Reynoso have in common is that their best years were their first years. Mm-hmm. Shasin's first full year with the Rockies was in 2010, which I got to be honest with you, Patrick, I had almost completely forgotten that he was a part of that team that should have gone to the postseason, that that he was another cog after Jimenez and De La Rosa. Like that was, that was quite the rotation they had going for a second there. Um, but yeah, the, where was it? A 142 ERA plus over 137 innings. I mean, that's elite level pitching as a rookie. He was never quite that good again. Yeah, the the word you used was cog, and I think that was exactly right because, you know, he didn't necessarily start the season as a starter, kind of bounced around a little bit before settling in. 21 of his 28 games uh, were as a starter, but 3-2-8 ERA was fantastic. You know, ate up a, a bunch of innings there when they needed it, 137, in fact, and, you know, was able to keep his whip down. Just keeping guys off base obviously is just so huge, and, you know, strikeout numbers have never been, you know, terribly good but when you compare him to how many walks he gave up like that strikeout to walk ratio is, is a real big thing it's it's about you know staying in the strike zone but you know are you getting strikeouts as opposed to you know giving up hits so um, I really like that metric of, of strikeout to walk ratio and that was uh, ultimately his his best as a rocky next year he went out and led the league in 87 walks so I know right not so good in, in 2011 but you know, definitely was kind of the cornerstone of a really quality rotation. Like, like you said, you kind of forgot about him, but he was so young and you think, okay, this guy could be one of the two or three, you know, cornerstone pieces of a starting rotation that unfortunately just never came together. Uh, I think, I think we're seeing that now with Senzatella and Freeland and Marquez as being those, those three horses that, okay, as long as they do it at the same time, they're going to be all right. And I think, 
you know that that kind of underlies both uh, the the problem with with the Rockies and uh, in, in their history and why guys aren't like remembered or why they're thought of as not a great team is because it, it doesn't line up like the the players don't all do it at the same time and that's like that's how you win a championship right and they've they've had those guys where you you could take a mix of the best seasons from 2010 to 2012 and you've got a, a team that that could make a run at the at the world series day dare i say but if you know chassin very good in 2010 not so good in 2011 well somebody else has to pick up the slack so you kind of you really need to have that timing go down but yeah i kind of like what we're doing right now when you take a step back you can look and go damn these guys are pretty good and jolie's chassin you know, definitely is is one of those players. I think that is is long forgotten and and gets overlooked because he was, you know, almost the ace of a staff that um, you know didn't do very much. It was during that lull before the young kids came up in seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, he really didn't have much help other than in twenty thirteen when both Tyler Chatwood and uh, Jorge De La Rosa were pretty good. Beyond that, you know, it was Chassin and De La Rosa. And they were by themselves for a little while. And, and he definitely, you know, he had his warts. He had a really hard time finishing games. I remember that being a big thing, that he could basically not go past 105 pitches. Um, he has one complete game in his tenure with the Rockies. And so, uh, yeah, it, it was, all, like you said, he did. He led the league in walks that year, but he also put up a 126 ERA plus and a raw ERA of 362 over 194 innings. So it's not like he was terrible in 2011 it's just yeah that mm -hmm. that team and the the too low and cargo years with the, those guys never being able to stay healthy and right. the, the bullpen and the rest of the rotation being terrible it just <laughs> will says jorge chassin and then pain that's ex mm. that's ex that's exactly exactly what it was while the innocent just to clarify uh the team playing with the albuquerque isotopes jersey are the nostars that i drafted uh we're down one game to Patrick's Hartford Yard Goats team here, uh, who, who are down four nothing at the moment after that early shot from Jeff Reed. But Chassin has uh, packed it in here, showcasing another one of the things that all Rockies pitchers have had to do, and something he was able to do over the years, which is give up those runs in the first, and then you still got to go out and find a way to get your five or six innings. Man, you got to figure out a way to do it. It should be noted that I did want Jolie's Chassin as my long reliever as opposed to one of my four starters, but it did, let's play it out. It's okay. I have confidence yeah. in my boys. It's uh, you know, it's a, I think these are fifth starters, aren't they? No, no, no. These are both, these are fourth starters. Who did you have as your fourth starter? I don't know. Maybe. I can't recall, but I did have, I did, yeah. I did uh, relegate Chassin as, as my number five slash long reliever. But, but here's something interesting to go back and look is that according to baseball reference, Julius Chassin had, 2.6 wins above replacement as a rookie in 2010, which we know is that wonderful season that was, uh, oh, I got the wrong season here. I'm looking, but, but 2.6. Yeah. Let's remember that number. Let's see who else or who he would have topped out over in the national league voting. Well, Buster Posey kind of was the runaway rookie of the year. Okay. He's had a great career. He's at three, nine, but fourth place, Gabby Sanchez did not have okay. a very good career. Wow. 0.4 wins above replacement. Now, this is by the point in, in 2010, 
where we kind of know the value of war. Like we, I, I think there was definitely some understanding of its value by that point. But Gabby Sanchez, 19 homers, 85 RBI, 273 batting average. Okay, pretty good, but... You know, guys struck out a lot. On base percentage was okay. Starling Castro, 1.6. Neil Walker, 2.1. And last, you had a reliever in in Johnny Venters uh, at at 1.3. But nine guys getting votes. Uh, Only one starting pitcher, Jaime Garcia, who had a nice little career for himself. But no acknowledgement from voters with Jolie's Chassin, who I think you could make the case. Again, if if you just want to look at war, that's fine. Um, He would deserve at least a third place vote at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting as well, especially because as again, going now over to my guy who is cooking, by the way, only allowed mm. one hit over there. Armando Reynoso, as he gets the swing through on the fastball up and away, uh, did come in 11th for rookie of the year voting in 1993, pitching 189 innings at mile high, not even Coors field yet. We're talking, <laughs> You know, launching bad, but again, got that 120 ERA plus, so nowhere near the 140 that that Chassin was doing, but posting an even four ERA in 1993 in mile high with the way, you know, people are like, oh my God, the ball's flying out of there. It must have seemed pretty miraculous uh, to them. And again, that 120 ERA plus was the best of his career. I I did want to add one other point before you jump in here, and, and that's just to go along with, we had been talking about Aaron Cook and our guy Matt and the Discord and, and getting consistency over the years. And, uh, you know, they're not off the wall fantastic numbers, and certainly the raw ERAs aren't great. But Armando Reynoso from 93 to 96 was a 100 or better ERA plus 120, 104, 101, 105 before dropping off to a 90. And that was after going and, and pitching for the Mets. So, Again, by far the best version of himself. Uh, really quick, where's the ERA plus as a Rocky 109? His best uh, you know, in Arizona for four years, 94, in New York for two years, 98, and in Atlanta at the end of his career for two years, 68. So significantly better as a Rocky. Yeah, the guy was, you know, fantastic. They were able to sneak him out in the uh, expansion draft. Uh, not incredibly high either, but came from the Atlanta organization who, you know, they were they were loaded at the time. You you see that if you go back and sure. look at different <laughs> different expansion right. drafts. That tracks with my memory. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really need a, a young starting pitcher uh, at that point. They said, okay, well, if somebody wants to take this guy, go for it. And the Rockies did. They, they bit and uh, they were absolutely right. Fun fact, just like, you know, remembering, okay, when did Jolie's Chessine become a U.S. citizen? January 6th, right. 2021. We know right. that date now pretty well. Well, you, here's how you win in a, a, a bar bet very easily, especially when you come down to the DNVR bar and you want to sneak in some Breck beer, especially for free when you win this bet. But you say, when Pedro Martinez was a rookie, do you think a Rockies pitcher – had more wins above replacement or even just say, Hey, I I bet you that, or again, no one's going to believe you. No one's going to believe you. However you want to word it or phrase it. No one is going to believe you yet. That is the truth. Now, Pedro Martinez, they get called up late that year. So um, he only made, he actually uh, pitched out of the bullpen predominantly at that point. So he only had two starts 
uh, but in his 107 innings pitched, you know, it was absolutely lights out. And you can see that the Dodgers got a real gift from the Expos there in that trade. But nevertheless, uh, Armando Reynoso, 3.1 wins above replacement, more than Pedro Martinez at 2.9. Wow. I wouldn't. I would not have guessed. I would have thought that's an impossibility. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there you go. It, again, it's it's one of those things that man, it, he just he was before his time because in the era and and for those of you who are wondering if you're maybe a little bit younger and you're so plugged into the stats and you're going, wait, what was the problem here? Well, here are his raw ERA totals from during this stretch: four oh oh, four eight two, five thirty two in 95 for a fantastic postseason team um 496 and then a drop off to you know 453 so none of those are like again we're just our minds are trained since we were in t-ball like those just aren't good numbers those are bad numbers even those aren't just not good those are bad numbers and now that we can look back on it now that we have the tools to recognize the environment he was playing in how many innings he was pitching all these other things that we can account for and go, man, uh, uh, Armando De La Rosa also, but he gets in it. We've done that enough. Armando Reynoso just doesn't get, and again, it's not that he was some great, great pitcher, but he was just a whole lot better than people remember. For sure, yeah. That And, and again, like you said, the metrics allow us to kind of um, give better context to it. So in that season, again, nine only had nine starts, 52 innings, had some injury issues um, in in. 94 excuse me 95 95 he had a 532 era made 18 starts but with that 532 era that was still uh era plus 101 yeah and it was also worth just under one win above replacement so again you look at that and you go it gives it a lot more context to say oh wow this guy was you know a lot lot better than than it seems to be you know we can that's that's the importance of metrics and, and analytics is you know again I, I've said it numerous times we can look at the at the league leaders in, in home runs and even doubles and, and RBI all of those things to say here who the best players are that's easy but who are the players in the middle that maybe didn't get an opportunity or made the most of their opportunities or is is simply being overlooked or is undervalued and you know, the Rockies did a really great job in, in finding Reynoso there in the expansion draft because, again, for, for anyone that doesn't know how it works, and, you know, we're going to be coming up on this in uh, – it could be about five years. The, the announcement for expansion, you know, might be, be held off for a little while as of yeah, right no. now, although it would, it would bring in some, some good money into the game. Yeah, uh, come to think expected. of it, that could be a good way to, to sort of build out of this – economic mess that they claim to be in then they they obviously yeah they're in they are in an economic mess in terms of they're not making anywhere near the amount of money that they were making before and they probably can and, and should and this would be an avenue to get back to that <laughs> yeah one billion dollar expansion fee is expected where that number would be at the the biggest issue with the with the expansion is while that would break down to something like 67 million dollars per team that they get uh, or rather, of, of the 30 MLB teams now, they'll get about $67 million from that. However, what ends up happening is they, uh, the owners in MLB, they essentially have stock in Major League Baseball, right? They have one-thirtieth of all of the stock in MLB because they're one of 30 teams. But 
what would end up happening is they would have to break that stock up into 32 pieces. So now they're not getting back quite as much when it comes to revenue sharing or television deals and things of that right. nature. So, so it's really not as simple as, Oh, boom, $2 million injected into the game. Well, you know, yeah, that's, that's good for MLB seemingly, but each individual team, not quite as much. But what happens is with an expansion draft is, you know, you essentially protect certain players um, and those guys cannot be drafted. And, you know, you'll, you'll probably expose guys on, on the higher end uh, of their contract. For example, right now, if we, if we were in an expansion year, Charlie Blackman might be one of those guys that the Rockies would leave exposed. Uh -oh. Now, that's not because they would want to get rid of him. That's because at, I believe, about $21 million, he's making a lot of money. And that's like a kind of a good safe bet to say, you know what? We think this this new team in Las Vegas or Nashville is is they're probably going to balk at that. Now they've got money to spend on big star players, but they might say, you know what, eh, Charlie Blackman, he excels at Coors Field, but you know what, we're we're, we're not going to go that route. So basically, you want to almost pick guys that the other team is not going to choose, the expansion club is not going to choose, or well, at least pass up oh no okay we we have bad bad developing things going on here this is only scheduled to go five innings and came in five nothing but reynoso lets a misplay at shortstop then walks the bases loaded a little roller down to third but uh charlie hayes miss throws it and now it's five to one the bases are still loaded nobody out walt weiss Whoa. at the plate and probably going to have to see Jeremy Burnett's after this on deck. So I <laughs> no outs. Team, team Drew is in a, having a problem. Oh, I've got no. Some, I've oh, got Walt some Weiss turns on one and pulls it deep into the gap, and that's going to split it. Did that get over the wall? No. Oh, goodness gracious. It's going to score at least one. They had to see it down. It's only going to score one, despite the fact that it almost got out. <laughs> you had someone with 14 speed running there. You got you got catcher speed. Oh no, here comes Jeremy Burnett's and I'm in trouble. Yeah, but this, see, is... this is why I drafted Burnett's because I think at some point we would have a sim game and all it's going to take is one swing of the bat from JB. Uh, Armando Reynoso is falling apart a little bit on me here. He's about to just go the distance with a nice, clean, easy shutout. This will flip the lead here. 5-2 with the bases loaded. Oh, got him on a strikeout, though. No, no he walked, walked him. Walked him. Juan oh, Pierre. Okay, now it. Juan Pierre is going to hit oh, the grand no. slam. That's a oh, good walk, terrible. though. That might be a good walk. I mean, I don't think Jeremy Burnett's is Barry Bonds, but you, you, you know, you make sure you're not too over the plate. You got, you got to get him out of here, Coach. You want to get someone up in the pen? This is not what I pay you the money for. What are you doing? Will has caught a Jeremy Burnett's home run. How about that? This Come is, on, this is terrible. I've been totally manager. thrown off I'm gonna track. I'm going to fire the manager. I've been thrown off track as to what. There we go. We got another and he RBI. In. Oh, get Juan him Pierre. out of there. Juan Pierre, Mr. Clutch with the, with the RBI. This is terrible managing. I am firing the manager immediately. The heart this. of my order is up, and there's no outs. Dexter Fowler back up the middle. Barmy for one. Matsui on to first. Not in time. The so legs. Oh. Uh, High ball game, couldn't get the double play. Need one here with Justin Morneau at the plate. Oh, yeah, and Garrett Atkins on deck, man. What? What? This happens? is exactly as I've drawn it up. This is exactly as I've drawn it up. Get him out of there. 
One of the reasons why you definitely want to make sure you're joining us at 4.05 during the week is you can see some of these comments about who might be managing the simulation team. <laughs> uh, not going to reveal that right now, but Master Tater, we see you loud and clear. Oh, man. And a line drive to right. Oh, that's dropping that, in. That's over his head. And that, my friends. Is that gone? Oh, no, it's a walk-off. That's a Another walk-off. Walk that was off. the bottom of the fifth. My boys. I was yeah, up what? five nothing going into Where's the bullpen. <laughs> How is there no bullpen in there? I drafted what? Raphael Betancourt and Steve Reed. I spent draft capital on these people. I am storming straight into the manager's office and firing him on the spot. Get out of here, Garrett Atkins. No one wants to hear. <laughs> This he was awful. on deck. That's why it could have. It could have been the much worst worse. thing that's ever happened at Coors Field. We got back-to-back walk-off winners by my Hartford Nall Stars. Gotta love that. I don't. Un- you got to get him out of there. That's terrible, man. Yeah, they. You do. You've had back-to-back walk-off wins. You- the Christmas Carol was. I mean, that so one's still. So. That one's better than this one. The Christmas Carol. Jamie came up, dunked one oh. in to right field for the walk-off because we were in extras. It was 0-0. Zero, zero. That's right. That was a great, oh. great ending to I think that was on Christmas Eve. So I feel empty inside. <laughs> is that where – so now – and again, I mean, I know I could answer this too to a degree, but is that what it's like when we do the home run derby and my guys end up taking it? So, or is no, this that worse? Was so much, this is that worse. was so much worse. That this was worse. so much worse. And and while you're right that the Jamie Carroll the the Christmas Carroll walk off was the better moment, uh, you know that that win I was like, hey, way to go! You know what, man? We were in extras. Congratulations! I tip my cap, Jamie Carroll. That's a nice little story. It was Christmas time. I was in the giving mood. I was very happy for you. This is bullshit. <laughs> I am I am I'm firing the manager. I'm writing a letter to MLB the show. I am not okay with what just unfolded in front of my face. This is my this maybe it's me. Maybe this is the problem. I was on a <clears throat> my mic went out for a minute. I got too riled up. My mic just went away. And they were just like, no, we gotta cut you off, man. Uh this happened to me in a little league all stars game that was like for the championship or to go to the championship, and we were up like <laughs> seven to nothing in the bottom. I think of the seventh. We we played seven inning games back then, and we lost. Uh, and it was like, and I I said right at the beginning, this is how it starts. It's like a misplay by your shortstop on a ball you probably maybe could have, should have, would have had. A couple of walks. Now the bases are loaded. Ball gets in between, but and now all the pressure's on you to not blow the game. So what do you do? blow the game because all you're thinking about is not blowing the game i i hate and there's, baseball and there's it's just not enough, sport. there's just not enough mental strength coaches at the little league level i've, I've said it for a very long time but we can get crazy i mean this is really folded under the pressure it's what happened. i think this is a subject for uh, another podcast this week is is worst rockies losses and there you go and i'll, and I'll go ahead right away and just say in 2019 June of 2019, the Rockies were sitting pretty. That Padres series where they combined to score like 97 runs. That is the only time, we could say it, that's the only time Bud Black has ever been flustered. Slammed the door on his way out. Yeah, It's almost a slam-proof door because it's like one night where it's like on hydraulics, but he whipped it closed and you go, yeah, you 
you should absolutely be pissed. Be it was like he knew as a baseball guy. Again, he can sense those things. That's something sabermetrics can never do. But I think he sensed the season's over, or, or this isn't the group, or whatever it is. The Padres just absolutely. It was awful, and and that was a that was the game. I think when what John Gray had to come in out of the bullpen because Wade Davis just that was the end. That was the yeah. end of Wade Davis. Yeah, and that was as far as me watching that was the Father's Rockies, Day, wasn't it? That terribly closely. Um, I want to. Say if, it might have been like the week, my week after that. Could have been. It could have been. Could yeah, have been. Um, yeah. But that was it, as far as me watching the Rockies that closely. Where again. Just looking at the the situation where they're at in the standings and where they were hoping to go and how it was lining up where they had these leads and they kept coming back and yet it was the most gut wrenching group of losses they they lost two in that series but that last one in particular was easily the worst Rockies lost you could get blown out and that sucks but you can kind of forget that a little bit I don't think you can forget that Padres series it was abysmal. Oh, it was absolutely, absolutely brutal. And, uh, you know, a feeling that can be very, very close to that, Patrick, is trying to get a home loan. I've gone through that process and you're trying to get it. And and it's just like it can be absolutely. I mean, some people would literally rather root for the Dodgers than go through that process on their own or blind. And I totally understand. But luckily, you don't have to do that because Mike and Virginia Chevalier, believe it or not, they can make the process smooth, quick, and even enjoyable. Look, isn't everything that you do surrounding the DNVR family fun, pretty cool, easy, chill, like pretty low on stress? We try to keep that in your life with all of our sponsors, and these guys are the epitome of it. When you check them out and you go to dnvrmortgage.com, first of all, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you uh, sign up for uh, a consultation with these guys. But the biggest point really is that they can make uh, the whole loan process way, way less stressful for you. They can talk to you about what's going on in the Denver sports world while they're doing it. They're huge Denver sports fans. Uh, they're a part of your world and, and your community, and, and they're a part of this community. I, I'll tell you what, I've been looking around myself. The rates are pretty great out there. Now's a good time. If you're thinking about buying a home, thinking about moving, uh, give them a call. They're, they really are not just the experts in this, but beyond the, and, and this is really important to me. So it's like, I, I could sing about the expertise and the knowledge and the ability all day, but it, it's really making you feel like they got your back. They're with you. there, trying to figure this thing out. It's a big, big life decision and you want to make sure you get it right. So make sure you call either Mike or Virginia. Mike is directly at 970-412-2472. Or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier is NMLS number 1931006. And Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. You won't slam your door after talking with them. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> there, there you go. That, <clears throat> that was won't happen. A, that was a day. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to have Mac on for that. I think she would be good for that. Tell us the most heartbreaking losses. Uh, for you in, in your Rockies fandom time. I think that would be a good one to have her on. So we'll reach out to her because she was sad that she couldn't make it for, no, not the faces one. What was the other one she was going to be on? Oh, the gift thing. That's right. Uh, so. Yes, that's right. All those wonderful 
satin jackets and bowling balls and go back and check it out again we're we're definitely building a nice you know hodgepodge if you will of the dfa show unique strange shows that we've got going on um so you can check all of those out at at youtube leave comments we definitely want to see those comments on the youtube video and i think this wednesday even you know we'll go ahead and and get that youtube link up early so you guys can already start chatting uh, first yeah. thing in the morning, get it going and, and, and start building up those comments for when we come in. Cause we've got a, a pretty special guest this week. Yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and say, cause it's, it's going to be fun. We, we get to indulge ourselves. Those of you who listen regularly and are also professional wrestling fans have noticed that we tend to shout it out at some point during every show, both Patrick and I just independently being fans of the whole scene. And, uh, we've got a discord for mm-hmm. it. You can come hang out with us, uh, talk about all your favorite wrestling matches, whatever's going on in our discord chat. We're all about it. Um, but there's actually somebody that I've gotten to know through the local scene who is not only a professional wrestler, but a gigantic Colorado Rockies fan and a huge baseball guy. And so we're going to have Cormac battle my guy, multiple time local champion, uh, great, great dude. Uh, and we're going to be doing a big crossover. We're going to talk about, you know, wrestlers and ball players and ball players as wrestlers and <laughs> all yeah. kinds of you know whatever whatever kind of fun shenanigans we can get up to so make sure that you join us on wednesday you do not want to miss it man you got to be subscribed as patrick said to the youtube is he going full gear can we confirm if he's going full gear i would i would like i mean i'm gonna go i plan on going full gear you're gonna go you're, you're gonna you don't know what that means but i'm going full gear i got a couple oh, options I've got I a couple options to go through. Probably gear. just wear one of the t shirts I bought from you off of Pro Wrestling Tees. <laughs> <laughs> probably my Lucha Brothers. People are like, wait, what? Patrick has a side hustle. I don't have a trunk of t shirts that I make and sell to Drew and only Drew. But it, it did happen once on accident. My trunk was full of really good tees I got a good deal on. And you know what? I like to pass around the savings to everybody I know, much like DNVR Mortgage. We're always just trying to make sure we find the best <laughs> deals for you. That's what it I'm is. I'm going full gear. I'm going. That's I have right. a lucha mask, but but that's not. I'm not going to go lucha Ooh. mask. I might bust it out for a segment. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I got an idea. I got an Fantastic. idea. Going full no. gear. We're we're gonna have. You gotta do face paint. You have to do face fun. paint. I could do. If yeah, you're yeah, only yeah. going t-shirt, I want to see some face paint, brother. I could do an ultimate warrior look. I feel like I could pull that off. I don't think I can pull off sting. Like the beard makes it difficult to pull off like a full, sure. like a sting or just a little uh, eye, a little eye gimmick. You know what I mean? Little, if you want to go ascension, yeah. a little ascension. If you remember oh, those okay. guys, I could pull that off that. I think I could do. I'll figure so. Yeah. We'll, we'll have some fun with it. There's, there's no way we're not going to have way too much fun. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of what we do here, but we've had way too much fun on this one. Really appreciate it. Uh, Ollie, let us know what you think of our NOS stars. I really thought I was going to get a win there, man. <laughs> this is brutal. Oh, Will, the Rockies should have a purple and silver Lucha mask giveaway. Dude. I mean, I don't know what the crossover. I would actually. I like that. Actually, I would be willing to bet it's relatively high. Judging just based on the demographics of people I see at Rockies games and at wrestling shows. Now, I do go to a lot of Lucha shows. Lucha Libre and laughs here in town. And there's a uh, IWC is full of Lucha guys. Uh, one of my favorite local guys who's not coming on the show. Cormac, uh, Cormac is, but Delta junior Lucha guy. 
Primos. So, yeah, Primos. Yeah, that, and there have been some minor league teams where they've had like a wrestling night where they'll set a ring up. Um, on the concourse is probably easiest because it takes a long time to set up a ring. I, you know that. And so if you have it somewhere on the concourse, you know, you could have matches uh, either before or after the game, you know, just to, to bring that attraction in. You could do an autograph signing. There, there was a, a cool giveaway a, a few years ago, and I, I've since looked. The White Sox did it, Diamondbacks did it, and the Marlins did it. And the first one I saw was the Marlins when I was at the Hall of Fame. I literally stopped the guy on the stairs. I said, where'd you get that? And he was essentially wearing like a Miami Marlins soccer jersey. And it looked like the Marlins were a soccer team. Like it had, a, it had a, a logo and everything on it, the, the, the crest. And, and the White Sox did something like that, Diamondbacks. And I'm like, Someone that would be fun. Someone tweeted at me like a Photoshop of Justin Simmons for the Broncos, like in his full football regalia, but it was all Rockies colors. It was black yeah. and purple. It looked dope. I was like, yeah, I love that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, all those kind of mashups would, would just be great. Like it's it's an easy crossover. It doesn't even have to be a, a full, full-on promotion. It's just, yeah. hey, you like this, you like that, smash it together. Boom, it's got Rockies on it. I'm coming to the game. <laughs> right. Totally. Life goal of ours. Wrestling show at Coors Field. I don't know how we help massage the right people yeah. to make that kind of thing happen. But imagine a wrestling ring out there. Filling that whole thing up the way they did like Houston and a few other bases. We know uh, Chase Field, they've done it. Mm-hmm. Come on. All the Dome. Safeco, I think, hosted. Yeah. Levi Stadium in uh, Santa Clara. You need a roof for that? Is that the problem? <laughs> I don't know. You, might, you, you, could, you could potentially get it done. We just need a name for it. The Clash at Coors. Oh, it's, a, it's a start. It's a start. It. We'll work on it. We'll workshop it. it. <laughs> I don't hate it. Uh, oh, all right. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> sure how I know you're want. being honest. <laughs> don't hate it. Uh, all right. And we really appreciate all of you hanging out with us for this. We're having a lot of fun here in the off season look forward to all of that stuff with all of you make sure that you are following us on the social media at drew creaseman at patrick d lions at dnvr underscore rockies you're subscribed to the dnvr.com so you don't miss any of that written content plus you do get discounts on hats shirts masks depending on what's going on any given week you get a bigger beer when you come on down to the dnvr bar and you get to hang out with us in our discord chat room talking movies tv skiing hiking photography cooking, food, whatever's going on in your world. We want to hear about it. We're not just people that talk at you. It, it is our job to talk at you for a little while, but it's also part of our job to listen to you as much as we possibly can. And the Discord is one of the places we get to do that. When you subscribe, it really does just make you that much more part of the family. The, the Rockies Discord chat has been popping off the last couple of weeks. People have not great constructive meaningful respectful conversations with each other on the internet patrick it's it's a borderline miracle so um we appreciate all of you we hope we'll continue to be absolutely awesome i promise you we'll continue to be absolutely patrick lyons andrew greaseman and until next time we will see you at the ballpark